I woke up this morning, and the best way I can explain it is God just called a complete audible, <laughs> and he just changed everything about the message that I was going to preach. I know. I wasn't very happy about it either. I prepared, you know, I prepare for hours and hours for e- each Sunday. I'm sure you, you probably would expect that, right? And so I was prepared. And so when God was like, hey, you know, that whole message that you were ready to preach, like, you're not going to preach that today. And I, mean, I wasn't even feeling it anymore, you know? And I was like, because I was so excited about it. And then all of a sudden, when God changes things, you know, where the spirit leads, your spirit follows, right? So I was like, oh, okay, Lord, I guess that'll be all right. Um, just want to let you know, this might not be as easy when we go to two services in a few weeks, and so you may want to let me know this a little earlier than Sunday morning next time, but it's your call. So anyway, uh, I'm excited. Uh, of course, it makes me a little bit more nervous when these things happen, just being honest with you, because uh, the thought always crosses your mind, good Lord, what if I'm up there and I actually like choke and I don't know what to say for a second? And then all of you are like, Poor guy, he doesn't know what to say up there. He's lost, you know, and preparation helps with that. But anyway, I know this is God. I'm excited about what this is going to be because when God moves like this and it's just very spontaneous and it's because he always has a plan to be spontaneous, you know, the way that he does it is also as important as what he's doing. And so the spontaneity of this and just what he's bringing, the message he's bringing today, uh, I know that it's crafted and fit and everything for exactly where we are right now. So I'm, I'm so excited about that. And uh, we've been talking about the concept of spiritual maturity. I'm just, I'm, I'm just so uh, just drawn in to this and, and led of God in this time that we're in right now where I hear the Lord very clearly saying that we need to get the body of Christ strong. People need to get strong in their faith. We need to grow people up to be spiritually mature Christians. There's a, there's a faith and a resolve in them where they, they know the word, they know the truth, and they can stand on the truth against things the enemy is bringing at them, and they can see victory and overrun him and not be kicked around and tossed around by him because the faith is weak in them. If this is a time, and it, there always is a, a, a striving to get strong and to grow, but that this is a time I really believe that the Lord is going to take whoever is willing and whoever's pressing in and just grow them significantly and quickly in their faith and in their spiritual maturity. We're going to be oaks, solid, right, ready for whatever it is that's coming our way. The Bible, I mean, spiritual maturity, I can't really think of anything that would be a more necessary pursuit in this life, getting to know God, knowing him more, and as a result, producing spiritual strength and maturity in us, in the inner man, that we can do battle against everything outside that comes against us. And, uh, you know, the Bible, it says that bodily exercise, physical exercise, is profitable a little bit. We know that. But it says a little bit because, look, these bodies, this, this fleshly tent, is, it's fading away, right? It's gone. It's going to be dust. It's not going to be here forever. So that's why he places the proper, esteems the proper kind of value. He says bodily exercise is profitable for some things. But listen to what he says. He says godliness, spiritual exercise, maturity, is profitable for what? For all things that pertain not only to this life, but to that life which is to come. So what does that mean? That means that spiritual maturity, the strength of our inner man growing and developing 
is ultimately going to be helpful, valuable, necessary for, for us as we go into eternity, but it's so necessary for everything that we have to do in this life that's a part of our calling and our purpose and our destiny right now. So godliness and spiritual maturity is, is, is what we're talking about. And so what the Lord started saying this morning is he started to talk about how in the process of this, as we grow, part of growing strong and stepping into our purpose involves, which is awesome, expansion and increase, right? God, how many know we, God intends to, what, expand our borders? He wants to bring influence. He wants to expand our territories. He wants to have our ability to be influences for him, to be able to make him famous, be further and further reaching all the time in this earth. And with increase and with growth ultimately comes the threat or the opportunity for us to to grow weary and to get wore down in the process. It's a very real thing that as a strong believer pursuing more strength, pursuing maturity, that there is going to be opportunities, there's going to be seasons and times where there'll be a threat for us to kind of grow weary and be wore down in our spirit. Not just, I'm not talking about like just in our physical man, right? How many people have worked a hard day of labor and you come home and you just like fall asleep before you even change your clothes? Anybody else ever done that? Usually over the air conditioner if it's in the summer. Oh, those are some great times to sleep, aren't they? You just fall asleep and then you wake up at like three in the morning and you haven't moved from when you walked in the door. But you're physically exhausted, you know. That's not really what I'm talking about here, though. I'm talking about that our spirit is prone to getting wore down and growing weary and and just kind of getting discouraged, ultimately, as we're walking in and doing the things that God has called us to do. Because it's increase, it's expansion, and so there's pressure and there's tension on us as we're growing and doing that. So as a result, there's the opportunity, if we allow it to, and we're going to study this today really good, but there's the opportunity to get weary and be wore down and kind of get disengaged with the whole part of growing and increasing and stepping into our purpose. And I just believe fully that right now God is doing the thing in here, in this church, that he's bringing an increase. I don't think we've even seen anything yet. And I think that as that happens, what, what I love and I'm excited about is that that means across the board. As, as the body grows, all, how many know all the members of the body increase together, right? And so the blessing in the tide rises as we all are plugged in in what God's doing here. So that means, that means increase for all of us who are hooked in and, and following God's leading and growing stronger in, in our purpose and in our faith and what he has planned for us. So, so this idea of growing weary. Now, I want you to do this now. I want you to open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. And we're going to focus in on about four verses here that are substantially important to this topic starting in verse 6 it says let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches do not be deceived God is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap for he who sows to his flesh 
will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do to all, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Hallelujah. I think it was Mother Teresa that said, do as much good as you can do for as many people as you can do for all the time that you can do it. I'm pretty sure that she knew these verses. Let me pray again. Father, I just ask you now, Lord, this is in your hands. Wherever you're leading is today, everything that you have planned, I fully submit, God. I fully yield, and I just ask you, Lord, that you would begin to speak through me. Anoint me to declare everything it is that you wanted to declare to your, to your people today. We're here for a word from you. We're not interested in, an, in, an, in a lesson of man. We're not interested in an intellectual teaching. We are here for the truth the life-giving truth of your spirit, God, and we ask you now to begin to pour that out to us in a powerful way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So let's just kind of go through and break this down a little bit. He says here, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. This is so, oh. So what do I get right off the bat here? It says, do not be deceived, for what you sow you'll also reap. It's interesting that there's a law here, right, that he's talking about of reaping and sowing. And the law of reaping and sowing says that whatever you sow, that that's the harvest that you're going to reap. That's the crop that you're going to get. So I've got this bag of seeds up here, and these are sugar snap peas, and I mean, it pretty well stands to reason that if I go plant these things out in the soil, I'm not going to see carrots pop up, right? Would you agree with that? Just kind of a, a given. Not going to see corn pop up. Whatever it is that you sow, that's what you're going to get. And he says, do not be deceived in this. Well, that means that there is a deliberate attempt that the enemy will make to deceive you in this truth. That he's going to try to get you to think, if you sow bad seed, ungodly seed, if you let him tempt you and manipulate you into things that are pleasurable for your flesh, that you won't get that back, which is harmful to you. You'll be happy and you'll have pleasure and you'll have all these wonderful things. It is a great deception that the enemy tries to use against us. So there's this law. He says, don't be deceived. Whatever you sow, you will reap. You better know that what you put in the ground is what's going to be coming up. So, okay, we, don't, we want to sow the right things, right? We want to pursue godliness and we need to sow the right things. But there's also another little truth packed in here. He says, when you sow, guess what? You will reap. He doesn't say that you may reap. He says you will reap a harvest. Guys, let me help. Let, let us get a hold of this today. That if we sow spiritual seeds, 
of God's leading and of his doing in our works and our, everything that he's leading us to, that we will absolutely reap a harvest that is bountiful and is immense and is expansive, that we will reap, we'll see and we will reap a harvest of those things. Now, if I was a farmer, and I'm not, my garden is terrible, and I'm just going to let you know that. I thought I was, and it turns out I'm not, okay? Um, there's like barely anything out there. It's pretty sparse. Anyway, so if I was a farmer, and I was to go along, and I was to plant all these seeds out in a field in a crop that I was hoping to grow, did you know that there's still this possibility that I may not end up seeing that harvest or reaping that harvest. There's a lot of things that could happen, aren't there? The weather could be terrible. We could have a drought. Came close this year, as a matter of fact, to seeing some damage done. It's a little bit damage done. It looks like the harvest is still coming, thank God. But, but there is a possibility as a farmer that something might happen, no matter how much I work, no matter how much effort I put in, no matter how well I sow seed, there's a possibility that that harvest will not come to pass. And as a result of that, there's a, there's a little thing that was created by smart insurance people that's called crop insurance. How many people have heard of that before, right? Crop insurance. So it's just an insurance policy I could take out that would say if my crop fails, then the insurance policy can be turned in and a claim made, and then the insurance company will pay out a sum of money to me that would be the equivalent to the damages that I've incurred. So I won't fully lose everything, right? So farmers that are, almost every farmer I've ever talked to that's farming for a living, they purchase crop insurance because they can't really afford to not have their crops come in on any given year. It could actually wipe them out. So the interesting thing is, we have to realize, whenever we read these passages, it says, God is not going to be mocked, for whatever a man sows, he will also reap. Can I tell you this? There is no need for crop insurance when it comes to what the Word of God is saying, that you are going to reap a harvest from the seeds that you are sowing. It's coming. It is not going to be denied that if it's bad seed, there's going to be turmoil and there's going to be heartache. And if it's good seed, you're going to see a harvest. It's going to be ripe. It's going to be plentiful and it's going to be full of blessing. There's no question about it. It's not if, it's when and that it will. And we need to grab onto this, guys, because listen, we're talking about how we can get weary and wore down. And there's a lot of times where the weariness and the wearing down of our, sp- our soul, our spirit, has to do with this simple lie that the enemy feeds us that says, you're never going to see this thing come to pass. You're never going to reap the harvest of the seeds that you've been diligently sowing and planting. He wants us to think that we might labor and labor and labor and never see the harvest actually come to be. And that is not so. But it's something we have to believe in faith. We have to know that in God's time that he's going to grow that crop up and that he intends for us to reap that harvest when the day comes when that crop is ready to be harvested. So think about all the things that you've been feeling in your life. Maybe God's led you into and you've been pursuing or following him or you're contending for something like you know, breakthrough or healing or whatever it may be. 
and you've been praying and you've been sowing seeds of prayer and hope and faith and through your words and through your actions and all that. Listen, the harvest is coming. It's not going to be denied. We need to stand in faith and believe and know that we will see it come to pass. And as a result of that faith, it pushes out the threat and the temptation of wearing down and growing weary in our soul and in our spirit. Amen? Everybody say, I don't need crop insurance. He says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Then he says, for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So corruption is to have like, it means to like almost have decay, to, to, to decay and deteriorate. And so we got to recognize that if we are sowing seeds, every one of us, right? I mean, that is something we are doing by getting up and living in this earth. We're sowing some kind of seed. And as we're doing that, that if there's, if there's the wrong kind of seed that he says, the seed of the, sows to his flesh, what we want, what our pleasures are, that we're, the, the harvest that comes from that is one of corruption, which is decay and deterioration, that those things actually begin to wear down on our spirit and begin to uh, take us away from the plan that God has for our lives and lead us into things that are unprofitable and unhealthy for us. But he says that if you sow according to the Spirit, that you're going to reap a harvest that's of the Spirit toward everlasting life, meaning that we have to be led by the Spirit in all the things that we do. Paul says, walk in the Spirit daily, right? So that God, by His Spirit in us, is wanting to, is interested in leading us and guiding us each and every day to know the things that we ought to do and the things that we ought not to do. So that as a result, we're sowing the seeds that are profitable, that are leading to godliness, that are leading to spiritual maturity, and ultimately leading to the kind of harvest that we will reap and that we very much should want to reap. Does that make sense? So he says, do not sow seeds that are of the flesh that will lead to corruption. Verse 9, he says, and let us not grow weary... While doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Wow, so much here. Let me talk about due season for a second. Due season means a time of maturity. It means that the maturity has been realized. It means that the, mature, that the, that the process has come to pass where it's fully ready. Now, a crop... If it's growing, it would make no sense at all that we would go out there when the corn is a foot or two tall in June, July, and go out there and fire up the combine and start running around and harvesting that thing. If somebody was doing that, what would we all say? We'd be like, oh, dear God, what is he thinking? He's, he's harvesting that crop prematurely. It's too soon. It needs to grow a little longer it needs to be given more time to become all it can be. And then when it's fully ready, that's when he needs to be harvesting it. It's very interesting. And Paul likens the things in our lives to this kind of agricultural example 
So as we're laboring, as we're doing the things we feel God is leading us to do, and there's a harvest that's coming from the seeds we're sowing, you've got to realize that that crop has to be, and God is the only one who can see this kind of timing, that crop has to be given the full opportunity to grow and become all that it can possibly be before it's time and ready for us to reap. Now, we can easily see natural things that have reached maturity. We can see when the corn is ready. We can see when the beans are ready. There's all of these indicators. But when it comes to spiritual matters, guys, when it comes to the things God's doing in and through us in our lives, can I just tell you something? We have to get used to the fact of knowing only God really understands when a season has reached maturity. And we have to trust him. We have to know that if we're not reaping yet, the day will come when we'll reap, but that we trust God and know in his perfect timing, in his infinite wisdom, in his sovereignty, that he is allowing this crop that he's growing in and through our lives to reach a point where the harvest will be everything that it can possibly be, and that we should not want anything else except for that. If a farmer harvested his crops too soon, the yield that he would get would be significantly lower than if it came to full maturity, and he would be very disappointed that he did that. We want to allow God to do those things and complete those things, and then when the time is ready for the harvest, we will absolutely know. There'll be no denying it. There'll be no uh, sense of uh, confusion about it. It'll be full. It'll be ready. It'll be right before our eyes, and we will reap and enjoy the harvest of all the seeds that we've been sowing through that time. Let me tell you something else. When you say, well, yes, I want to reap a harvest, sometimes the enemy can do this to you. He can make you think that there's something wrong with that. He can make you think, oh, I shouldn't want to reap a harvest. You know, I shouldn't want to do this. I just, I just need to do and just not worry about any of it or whatever. Well, what I believe is that God, if he says if you, if you sow the seed, you will reap the harvest, that means he put in you, he created you with the expectancy in your spirit to expect a harvest to come from the seed that you're sowing. You should, you should allow yourself to trust that and to know in faith that when you are expecting the harvest of what God's using you to do, that it, that is good and that is healthy and that's how God's created you to be. You shouldn't want it for selfish reasons, but if you want it for the right reasons and for what God can do in and through your life, that ultimately he wants you to have an attitude of expectancy and of faith and of zeal for the harvest that he's bringing to pass because ultimately we will know as mature believers that that harvest isn't even really about us anyway. It's about all the amazing things in the world that our lives are going to be able to be used to do. And we should be enamored with that kind of harvest coming out of our lives from what God is doing in and through us. Amen? So he says in due season, he says, do not grow weary or lose heart. So that means basically to be wore down And to be beat down and discouraged in the spirit or in the inner man. So there's this sense of joy and faith and and 
peace that we walk in, if we're walking in line with the way God has called us to live and we're following his plan for our life, but, but he says that if we grow weary, meaning in our spirit, we allow ourselves to get beat down, that there can be kind of like an interruption of that. There can be sort of like a discouragement, and, and a discouragement of the spirit, a, a, a broken spirit, is one of the most paralyzing things that the enemy can do to one of God's children to keep them from fully walking in and realizing the blessing which God has ultimately created them for. He wants to get in there. He wants to bring the weariness on the inside of our soul. To, and, and, and that means to want to quit, to want to give up, to want to throw in the towel. If the enemy can get any of us into a place where that begins to be how we think and live and feel day to day, do you understand that he is in a position where he's able to just have a heyday against the things that God is wanting to do in and through your life? And, and, and God's saying, what's the antidote for that? What's the antidote? He's saying, you need to know that you will not if reap a harvest when I say that the season is ready and the crop is mature and the time has come. Just as our spirits are growing stronger and growing more mature, the crops that are growing in our lives from what God is leading us to do, guys, those crops also need to be able to grow mature as well so that we're reaping harvests that are full and plentiful and are uh, in the full state of what the Lord is, in, is intending them to be. There's another passage that I want to share with you, and I believe that this will encourage you as well. And it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 through 8. And it, it, it kind of deals with the increase part of, of the crop growing and increasing. And it says here, Paul says, it says, I've planted, Apollos has watered, but it was God who gave the increase. So then neither who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. So there's three stages here that we see in the, in the agricultural process. And in this particular case, Paul's talking about spiritual matters, but once again, liking it to agriculture. And there's three stages that we see. There's planting, there's watering, and then there's growing, all before the harvest. And what are the two things that Paul says that they are responsible for? Planting and watering, right? Not growing. This is, this is huge because one of the things that can get us to become weary, that can force us to start to get worn down in our spirit, is if somehow at any point along the line we ever get the sense or the notion or the idea that we are in any way responsible for the increase, for the growth, it's entirely out of our hands. The watering, the laboring, the seeding, the doing the things God is leading us to do, being faithful, acting in obedience, these are all part of the daily walk that we strive for. But the growing and the increasing toward the harvest of what God wants to do, guys, that is in no way a part of how God has created us to handle. It's, it's all his 
It needs to stay his part. You know, when the, when the corn is growing, it's crazy. Like, it grows, they say, like six inches a day sometimes. And, you know, it gets up to like seven, eight, almost ten feet tall in cases or whatever. It's unbelievable, right? But whenever I go out there, six inches in one day, that means from the time I get up till the time I get up the next day, that, crop, that corn can be six inches taller. But did you know if I stand there all day long and just sit there and watch that corn, I'm not, I can't see it growing. Can you? Anybody see it growing? Like actually, wow, I just made it a millimeter. You know, it's just, it, you can't see it. You just sit there and you, and, and, but, but over time it grows and it grows and grows. When it comes to the spiritual increases that God's doing in our lives, we see it in large-scale increments when we step back and look, well, look at where God's brought me in the last month. Look at where God's brought me in the last year. Look at where he's brought me in the last six months. But day to day when we're in the fight, you don't necessarily see the increase that God is bringing through what he's doing by his hand. You have to step back and trust that it's happening. I trust that the corn is growing. I can't see it, but I believe it's happening. And if I check it in increments of weeks or months or whatever, I'll certainly see the results. The same is true with spiritual things God's growing in your life. And know the other thing is, it would seem completely idiotic. If you went, if you were, you'd say, boy, pastor's really flipped his lid. If you saw me out there and I would plant a crop and I was sitting there and I was down there and I was like, grow! Grow! I've planted you, I've watered you, now Grow! She's like, what is he doing? He's got nothing to do with that. He can't make it grow. You're like, he is idiotic. Okay, he's lost his lid. So we can't make the things that God is going to grow in our lives. We can't make them grow, guys. And if we try to take that part on, can I tell you something? In some point of time down the road, some will make it longer than others, at some point in time, we will all start to become weary. We will all start to get wore down, unsettled in our spirit, and feel like throwing in the towel and giving up. And God's just saying, look, you're taking on something you're not meant to carry. That's my part. Let me do the growing. Let me do the increase. You will reap the harvest. Keep watering, keep seeding, and trust that I will bring the growth. Amen. And I just felt like today, you guys, that, that, that there's people here who are at, a, at an unhealthy place of weariness, is how I would say it. That there is a, 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 an important point right now for a certain amount of people that they are in a, a, a dangerous state of weariness, that the enemy's trying to crush your spirit. He's trying to wear you down, and he's trying to get you to just throw in the towel. He's just trying to get you to say, I give up. I can't do it anymore. I'm done. I'm just throwing in the towel. I'm done trying to live the godly life. I'm done trying to, to keep doing the things I feel God is leading me to do, and I'm not seeing the harvest come to pass. I feel like that the Lord is wanting to speak to some people today and say, trust me. Keep watering that seed that you've been sowing. Keep nurturing that crop that I am growing that you can't necessarily see in small increments and in day-to-day -day increments. And just begin to trust and receive the word with gladness that says, if you reap or if you sow, you will reap. Know that the harvest is coming. 
It's coming. I will not delay, the Lord says, any longer than what is absolutely necessary, the timing of the maturing for the crop that I am growing in and through your life. I will not let it be delayed longer than it needs to, but I don't want you to try to reap a harvest that isn't really ready to be reaped yet. Stand your feet with me today. And I just want to ask you this. As I'm speaking those words, if you feel like and you say, you know what, Pastor, that is absolutely where I am. I just want to pray with you today, and I have a faith. I believe that the Lord was saying that he just, he wants to refresh some people right here, right now, today. That he wants to just wash over you from head to toe, and he wants to just just come and meet you by his spirit where you are right now and just fully refresh you in your inner man. You know nothing natural can do that, right? The spirit of God is what refreshes us from the inside out. He wants to come, he wants to refresh you, and he wants to just help you to see that he is in control and in charge of the growing process and what he's doing in and through your life. And he wants to just run weariness right out of the inside of you where it's threatening to just bog you down.